What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode four of Life Off the Clock. Uh, and with me, Carlos. Uh, <clears throat> appreciate you tuning in. Uh, today, we are pretty much just going to have a little bit of a recap of week one of 2020. It's uh, already been off to a pretty exciting start. A lot of things going on in the world. Uh, actually, not a whole lot going on in the world. Obviously, there's the issues with the Middle East, but I don't want to get into that. That's... Uh, it's just a waste of time to even bother thinking on that. Why worry about things we don't control, right? So, um, along with that, uh, it's everybody's, it's America's favorite time of the year. The uh, NFL playoffs have started, so we'll kind of go into a little bit of that. My picks, uh, my my predictions, uh, pretty good weekend of football, Saturday and Sunday. This is awesome when it gets into that Saturday, Sunday. Um, it's only a few games, so you don't got to worry about trying to catch a game that maybe you missed or anything like that. Um, we'll go over a little bit over um, halfway point of the NHL season. For those of you who don't know, I'm a huge San Jose Sharks fan, and we are clearly not the best team out there right now. So we definitely want to make sure that we uh, touch bases on that. I got this uh, big lump in my throat that's, uh, that I can't get over when it comes to these Sharks, so i got to get some shit off my chest. Uh, we're also going to go over some uh, goals for 2020. I don't want to call them resolutions, but some of my own personal uh, goals. And then um, there is a lot that's coming out this year as far as entertainment goes, like TV shows and a few movies that are also going to be hitting the scene this year. So I want to go over the ones that are important to me. You guys are more than welcome to reach out to me. Again, there is a link on the website that the uh, podcast is being hosted on, which is Anchor. And then yeah, you will be able to send me a message. I will get back to you on that message. If there's something you feel you, you, I need to go see, or if there's anything you want to share about my picks, my insights, all that, feel free to send me uh, a little bit of a message and I'll get back to you uh, on the next show. So without further ado, let's get into the first week of 2020. All right. So first weekend of the NFL playoffs already off to a pretty good start. So the matchups for this weekend were the Buffalo Bills versus the Houston Texans, the New England Patriots, the most hated team in all NFL, versus the Tennessee Titans, the New Orleans Saints versus the Minnesota Vikings, and the Seattle Seahawks versus the Philadelphia Eagles. So before we get into the results and everything like that, let me just give you my picks and what I was looking to get out of this weekend. I had the Buffalo Bills over the Houston Texans. I had the Patriots, unfortunately, over the Titans. I had the Saints over the Vikings and the Seahawks over the Eagles. So a few things when you think about these matchups is uh, Houston actually beat Buffalo in overtime. Houston was favored uh, based on the information available through ESPN. And I think that was really just on record. They did win in overtime, 22-19. So they won by a field goal, essentially. Um, so it was a lot closer than what the favorite percentage was. Buffalo was 2-5 and five in their last five. Houston was 3-2 and two in their last five. So, um, you know, both those teams... Well, Buffalo's Buffalo. It never really has a good shot at anything, but they have gotten better over the years. Uh, Houston came out on top again. Uh, Deshaun Watson is a legitimate quarterback out there to make things happen. So <clears throat> that was a great win for them. 
the Patriots over the Titans. So this was a big upset. I'm actually happy about this one here. I had the Patriots winning because, you know, it's the Patriots versus the Titans. I mean, you expect them to win. However, the Titans won in an upset of 20-13. to 13. The game actually ended on Tom Brady throwing a pick six uh, in, the, like, the last few seconds of the game. So... Uh, the big thing with that is, will Tom Brady retire? And I highly doubt it. Tom Brady is still a high-level quarterback. He just needs more tools around him to be able to uh, have some success down the road. Uh, the Pats were favored, clearly. Titans were 3-2 and two in their last five. However, the Patriots were 2-3 and three in their last five. How they figured the Patriots were going to be better. Who knows, right? I guess just because you, you, you assume Belichick's going to find a way. Uh, they're going to deflate some footballs. They're going to record some footage. They're going to steal your signs, you know, <laughs> all that cheating shit. So they'll find a way to figure it out. But it didn't work this time around, I guess, because they want to stand at the radar and not get caught doing anything. That's why they ended up uh, packing up and heading home for the season. Uh, with that, we move on to the Saints. Uh, I had the Saints over the Vikings. However... The Vikings won in a 26-20 to 20 OT win. Uh, this one went to, to the overtime as well. However, I will say that that last touchdown was clearly a push-off. And I feel like the Saints have been getting played by the NFL a lot in like really important games. There was a pass interference last year uh, or something like that. I can't remember exactly. But this year, same thing, an offensive push-off uh, to be able to create space and catch. So... Why New York doesn't ever get involved and review that footage is a mystery to me. I feel bad Drew Brees, you know, that he had one of the best receivers and he is probably one of the best quarterbacks. He is one of the top quarterbacks in the league. It would have been nice to see him go one more time. Uh, I don't know if he's going to retire or if he's going to come back. He would probably come back. You know, he's, he's, got, he's still in really, really good shape. And the team's looking really good, so I don't see why uh, he would not come back. So, uh, unfortunately for them. Then you have the Seattle Seahawks versus the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, Philly was actually favored in this, believe it or not. Seattle is two and three in their last five, and Philly was four and one, which is probably why they were favored. But you have to realize that the last five teams that Philly played were not playoff fucking teams. These are the fucking these are the teams you're supposed to be, right? So they played the Giants, they played the Cowgirls, they played the Redskins, they played the Giants, and then they played the Dolphins. None of those teams are playoff teams, so of course you you better beat them if you consider yourself a playoff team. The Seahawks, they're an excellent road team. You know they they did really well on the road versus at home, which is surprising, um, which makes sense to why they were able to pull this one off. It was um, fairly close, though. Um, you know it was a it wasn't as as a blowout as anybody thought it was going to be. <clears throat> Uh, Marshawn Lynch had another touchdown. Uh, anybody who thought Marshawn Lynch coming off of the couch and straight into the game uh, versus the Niners over this week and was going to just run 300 yards is fucking tripping. There's no way he was going to come off the bench and be able to get that ball rolling. These two games have helped him. I'm sure the Niners game pissed him off, gave him a little bit of uh, fire in his belly. And then you have this game where he was able to kind of get a little bit of more leg movement. Uh, but that's what happens when you're playing these big defensive teams. So, uh, overall, great weekend. What that means going forward now uh, is for next weekend, which is the big uh, games here, you have the Niners versus the Vikings. 
And now that matchup, I have the Niners taking that because there's no way the Vikings are going to score up against the, the Niners. Now, the big thing about the Niners, and uh, just as a, as a as a warning to all United fans out there before you get your panties in a bunch, I look at things in what they really are. I don't, I don't, I, I'm not looking through rosy glasses, right? I understand your team is really good, but there are issues there that need to be addressed in order for you to continue to be on the path that you are right now. Which side of the game will show up? Will it be the defense or will it be the offense? Because there are games where only one of those will show up and it and it and it hurts. It hurts the team's dynamic pretty pretty bad. Uh, you have to look at a perfect game like the Saint Saint the Saints game. Sorry. <laughs> Stuttering. The Saints game was a perfect example. Yeah, you won, but you also gave up 49 fucking points. Who the fuck gives up 49 points and thinks that's a legitimate fucking victory, right? Obviously, you know you need to work on that, but that's a big, big loophole. Then there are games like the Ravens game where you can sit there and the defense shows up for both teams and the offense isn't there for both teams. These are the two highest scoring fucking offenses in the league and the defense is are up there as well, and only the defense showed up. Both teams just couldn't get it done offensively. So, and that was a really close game. But the thing is, the first half of the Niners season, they were blowing motherfuckers out. And the reason for that is because you didn't play anybody legit. You didn't play playoff contenders until midway through the season when you started playing the Seahawks. You started playing the fucking Packers, the the Ravens and the Saints. When you played those teams, those were the playoff teams. Those other teams, you did what you expected. And yeah, you did a really good job. But, uh, you know, you kind of came back down to reality kind of hard. So yeah, it'd be interesting to see what side of the ball shows up for the Niners next weekend. Honestly, against a team like the Vikings, I expect to see both teams show up pretty fucking well. Um, And they'll they'll move on with no problem. I have no problem in that. So Vikings uh, are going to be packing up after next weekend. Uh, hell of a run, you know. You beat the fucking Saints, but that's where that's where your journey ends. Secondly, we'll touch up on my team, the Baltimore Ravens. They, they will be making it to the Super Bowl most likely. They get to play the Titans, and just like with the 49ers, this game should be uh, a, a two-sided mollywop. The defense and the offense should be able to handle this team with no problem. <clears throat> now, I will say that we have played. Inferior teams like the Browns, which is our other loss of the year. We have two losses, one to the Chiefs and one to the uh, Browns. And so we're like, we have the probability of doing that. And we need to make sure that our defense mainly steps up, uh, stops the run, because you can get a pre- pretty good few runs on us. They got that dude Harris, who is a beast, man. That guy's like the modern day beast mode, just bigger. Um, and then our secondary is still pretty uh, pretty sketchy at times. Um, we have a lot of picks this year, but a lot of those picks came against teams that don't really have quarterbacks. So you're expected to be able to do that. Again, you know, uh, we need to improve that. We need to make sure that we're up there picking off the real quarterbacks when it matters the most, and the defense needs to stop the run when it matters the most. The offense, I don't really see any issues there. Sometimes we come up a little flat. Sometimes it takes a while to get our legs going. We just need to come out and hit the ground running. We need Ingram. We need uh, this guy, Jackson. We need uh, Andrews. All these guys need to be on their A game to be able to get it done. By the way, 
Lamar Jackson is the true MVP of the NFL. Now, I will say that I was a big Lamar doubter. When he drafted him, I was like, great, he has a good reputation. It's not a bad pick, but he's a running quarterback. And running quarterbacks, as we all know, don't really have much of a life uh, expectancy when it comes to the NFL. So he played half half the last year. He did pretty well, but we didn't see the arm, so it was up all up in the air. Wasn't really sure how this year was going to work out for him. And we've been all improving wrong. And I'm glad that he was able to actually come out and do that for us. So uh, just to give you some insight to that, he's at uh, 31-27 passing yards with 36 touchdowns. 36 fucking touchdowns. That's a lot of fucking touchdowns. He's at 1,206 rushing yards with seven touchdowns. So seven rushing touchdowns. And then the arm is working really, really well because he was able to get Andrews, our tight end, at 852 receiving yards and 10 touchdowns thrown to him. That's pretty fucking impressive. Not only is he making himself good, but he's made the team around him better. Uh, These are record numbers for Andrews. So um, record numbers, career numbers for Andrew. So he's making the whole team better, and it's working out really great for us. So um, he is the MVP without a doubt, and he's definitely the savior of this franchise because we were looking like we were going to hit the dark ages, but we're kind of on on that uphill tick. So it's all working out pretty good for us. Let's see here. Uh, next, you have the Chiefs versus the Texans. Now, I want to say the Texans have an advantage here, and that's solely because the Chiefs suck defensively every year during the playoffs. <laughs> if there's ever a team that, like, if, if you could compare a player, like, if you the, the comparison would be the Chiefs' defense is the Clayton Kershaw. <laughs> Of the playoffs. This is the LeBron James of the finals, right? <laughs> they just don't show up. They, they, they're there, but the light, lights are on, but nobody's fucking home, right? And the Chiefs have made one slight improvement, and that is they went and picked up Terrell Suggs, who was a former Raven. Um, but he was, you know, he decided to leave. He went to the Cardinals, and the Cardinals released him, and then the Chiefs picked him up. So, with that being said, they've improved a little bit. You can never count out Mahomes. He's got a lot of weapons on the offense, but the defense is the number one thing that's always lags, and that will be the deciding factor for them against the Titan or against the Texans. Because Deshaun Watson, as I mentioned, is a legitimate quarterback. He will pick them apart if given the opportunity. And you got Hopkins over there as well, so they can throw the ball very, very well. The Next matchup is the Packers and the Seahawks. So this is an interesting matchup for me. I am a big Aaron Rodgers fan. Uh, I I have favorite players, not necessarily favorite teams besides the Ravens. Um, I would consider the Packers my NFC team more than anything. But um, that's solely because of Aaron Rodgers. So the reason I like the Ravens is because I follow Ray Lewis. And Ray Lewis, as everybody knows, was the heart and soul of the Ravens organization. So... If you liked Ray Lewis, you automatically liked the Ravens because they were nothing without him. Same thing with like Joe Montana. I used to be a Niners fan. I was uh, I was a huge Joe Montana fan, and when they let go of Joe, I was pretty much like, "Yo, if if the greatest fucking quarterback of all times is not being wanted by this team, then this team is fucking stupid." 
Like, who the fuck? These Niners are fucking retarded. Granted, you still won a few more Super Bowls after you left, but this is Joe fucking Montana. You could at least give him the courtesy of just riding off in the sunset with your team, right? Like, but you didn't do that. So, I mean, it worked out better for you guys in the end, but I I took it as a personal shit. Yeah. I was young. So he went to the Chiefs. I actually had one of those like nice, you know, uh, half zip puff starter jackets that was that were really popular. I had a Chiefs one. That shit was clean, man. Super clean. Uh, I went to Joe Montana's retirement, things like that. So, um, yeah. So I, I have individual players that I end up following and th- their team just for them. So the Packers were my NFC team. But in this case, again, the Seahawks are a great road team. Russell Wilson is just warming up. You can never count out Russell Wilson. That man will run you to the ground by himself. And he's got beast mode back, which means that there's a little bit of a distraction. The Packers aren't the great greatest team out there. I will say, if they don't have their A or A-plus game, they're done. You, If they show up with A-minus, they're done. They just cannot work with anything but pure perfection. And it's weird that they do that. They're missing some pieces. I understand, but if you're going to be a legitimate contender, they only can operate at A+. How many times can you win a game on a Hail Mary? It shouldn't come down to Hail Marys. And if you're relying on the Hail Mary, then you're definitely not ready for for, for a, a long battle or a long drive into the playoffs. So I personally have the Seahawks taking this one. They're going to be in Lambeau, but the Seahawks are used to the cold weather. They can play really well, and, you know, they're just getting warmed up. So I think the Seahawks are going to take the pay, uh, the Packers in this one for sure. Um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. It's going to be a great weekend of football. So I got Niners, I got Ravens, I got Texans, and I got the Packers moving on uh, to the next round as well. So we'll see what that ends up doing for us on there. So moving on from football here, we're going to move on to the NHL. And to say the least, it has not been going well for the San Jose Sharks. We're in a little bit of a rut. Uh, I don't know if you want to call it a rut, but we're pretty much gotten to shit right now. And it's it's pretty pretty hard to kind of wrap my head around it because it's it's not something. I'm used to from the Sharks, right? Like we've always been in our in our in our way. We we either the first half or the second half we'll hit this hard slump, and it's hard for us to kind of claw our way back. And when we claw our way back, we end up uh, you know making a late run, and, and we end up getting hot. Um, but we've had a, a pretty much a full season long slump right now, and it's not really going well. So uh, at the moment, these Sharks are. Sixth in the Pacific Division. We're way down there. We're actually uh, third from the bottom. You got the Kings at the bottom. You got Anaheim behind us, who started out really hot. Anaheim was the team at the beginning of the year. Vegas is back at the top as well. Arizona, surprisingly, is up there as well. Vancouver, Edmonton, Calgary, and San Jose. Uh, Top points is 54 points, and we're at 42. So we're about 12 points out of where we need to be. Even if we can get in the third, we're six points out. So we just got to make sure we play well. But watching this, we have no guidance. We have no leader. We have 
veterans who aren't acting like veterans, they aren't guiding, they're not playing like they, they know what they're doing. We're not shooting, we're not passing, and we're just out of balance here. We just don't have this momentum to go. And I'm trying to figure out what the hell is causing this. What the fuck could possibly causing us to play so shitty? And there's only one deciding factor that I can think of, and that is the fact that we don't have Joe Pavelski. Now, this is a very sensitive subject with most people. Joe Pavelski left the San Jose Sharks to go to Dallas. And it could be for a number of reasons. One, he wanted to get paid more. He's a little bit older, so he wasn't going to be worth all the money that he was probably asking for. But he also probably felt insulted by the fact that we went ahead and gave Eric Carlson this fat-ass contract, and he'd been here from the beginning. I would def- I definitely understand that point more than anything. Because Eric Carlson is a fucking waste of money. The biggest waste of money. We shouldn't have paid him that. Period. I don't give a fuck what anybody has to say. This is a minus points player career-wise. And we do not give that kind of money to that person. Now, on the flip side, Joe Pavelski is a fucking sellout. Because you walked for money. Same thing with Patrick Marlowe. Patrick Marlowe left to go to Toronto thinking he was going to get a cut because the team looked like it was stacked. But that team can't win shit. (laughs) Toronto can't find his way out of a wet paper bag. So they fucking end up releasing him, and then he comes back. And he actually helped for a little bit. When he came back, we started winning a few games, and now we're back to shit. But we don't have this leadership. Logan Couture is the captain now, and he's not a really good captain. He's He's not motivating. He's not really driving. He's not really... You know, he's, he's not there in the, in, the, in the sense of how we need them to be. And it's uh, it's really unfortunate, you know. And we're in this really, really tough spot financially. The Sharks are in this cap issue, which is why we also couldn't keep Joe Pavelski. I mean, we have three contracts that I can think of right now that are fucking killing us. One is Martin Jones. The best playoff goalie that will ever fucking be is Martin Jones. But he also takes the crown as the worst fucking goalie in the regular season. For some reason, game 1 through 82, he cannot fucking get his head out of his ass. He actually, he's his first time ever playing a fucking game. But if you fucking put him in game 1 or game 7 of a playoff round, he's lights fucking out. So, I, I just can't grasp it. I don't know what the fuck is wrong with him. But we have a lot of money tied up in him. Because Doug Wilson decided it was going to be a good idea to lock him in, knowing that goalie's life expectancies are super short. We already had him way past his prime because he was riding bench behind Jonathan Quick for so long in L.A. Those prime years were gone, and we still went ahead and offered him fat-ass money. We can't even sell him right now because nobody nobody wants a goalie that has more holes in him than Swiss cheese. If I got a goalie with no legs, I'm keeping that motherfucker than spending fucking money on Martin Jones. Period. <laughs> I'll take I'll take the guy with the fucking nubs. <laughs> right. The the next big contract is Evander fucking Kane. Evander Kane is the biggest mistake we've probably done as well. It's not the biggest, but it's one of the biggest. It's a contributing factor. He came over to us from, I think, Buffalo. There was a reason why Buffalo let him go. 
there's a reason why Buffalo never gave him the captain, see? It's because he's not that great. He's not a great scorer. And I will say that just, uh, when was it, yesterday, he had a hat trick against the Capitals, right? He came to us, and we signed him on fucking on a fucking fantasy ending of the season, right? He came to us. He had a hat trick in his first game. He was scoring a lot of goals. He went into the playoffs and was fucking scoring goals left and right. But that was just a matter of like a month or two, and you turn around and give this guy top fucking dollar. What did you do last year? Not a damn fucking thing. You know what he did all, all fucking playoffs last year? He was in the fucking penalty box. Why are you in the penalty box more than you are on the ice or on the bench? You do me no fucking good in that box, bro. Your ego gets the fucking best of you, and you're over here trying to fight everybody and their mother, but it's fucking pointless because you lose those fights anyways. If you're going to start fights, at least fucking win them. Right? Why the fuck are we paying you to be in the fucking penalty box? You might as well pay him to stay at home. He's done nothing. But I don't get to make those fucking decisions, right? Then we go back to my boy, Eric fucking Carlson. This was a stupid fucking deal. Way too much money. I think for the amount of money he got, you could have gave him half and still been justified for his fucking talent. And given the other half to Pavelski, we would still be a legit fucking squad. He doesn't do anything. A lot of these goals are because he's making a mistake. He is the cause of a lot of these fucking goals. Why the fuck are we paying him so much to do nothing? I don't understand. We then go and fire the whole entire coaching staff. And to be honest, Pete DeBoer, this was, I mean, habit, right? He showed up with the Devils. He took them to the cup. They didn't win the cup. Then they started tailing off year after year after year after that. And that's pretty much what happened here. He showed up, he went to the cup, and started tailing off, tailing off, tailing off. I will say, though, last year's playoffs were our peak. We were peak performance last year. That Vegas series was legit. Now, I will say that there are some fucking bad calls on the officiating. <laughs> some really bad calls. The Joe Pavelski call isn't one that I can think of. You know, if you watch it in slow motion, yes, all right? It wasn't necessarily a misconduct, and you shouldn't have given him that much penalty time. But in the moment, you're like, that motherfucker dumped him on his head purposely. Because that's the type of rivalry it is. You have to take into consideration how much do these, te- two, these two teams hurt, hate each other. How much are these two teams trying to win? Right? The hand pass. <laughs> the, the, the hand goal. He's playing handball with the puck, right? That was a bad one. That was a real fucking bad one. But it doesn't excuse the fact that even if you get a, a, a fucking 10-minute penalty... It doesn't mean the defense stops and gives up five fucking goals. All right? It doesn't mean that you just stop playing defense because you're mad about a call. So no matter what the fuck Vegas and that fake-ass bandwagon tourist attraction that it is says, you don't give up five fucking goals, you don't stop playing defense, motherfuckers. Never, 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 never stop playing defense. 
Just like in boxing. Always fucking be prepared to defend yourself. Until you hear a fucking bell. <laughs> you play to the fucking whistle. The fuck is wrong with you guys? But we go ahead and we fire DeBoer. We fire all the team. And we actually brought back an assistant who was there previously with DeBoer and left to Florida. And he sucked with as a head coach in Florida. And they brought him back. And they kept him out of all of them. I'm assuming because he's the only one with management experience. But at one point, do we stop and go, you know what? If this doesn't turn around, we're going to have to get rid of Doug Wilson. I've called for the removal of Doug Wilson for years. I feel like he's held us back from taking that last step that we need to get to that cup. If you're the one who got us into this financial mess where we can't go and expand our fucking team the way that we need to, then you should be the one to fucking go next. Thank you for everything, but you know what? The team needs to go in a different direction. We need we, we need a new vision, and your vision ain't it. So have a great day. Pack shit. You know? We can always blame the fucking coaches, but the coaches are only working with the tools that they've been given. And the team, the tools that they're given are purchased by the managers up top. So when the fuck is Doug Wilson's job on the line? I don't know. That's just me. I just feel like Doug Wilson is the one to blame. He carries the burden of this responsibility, and that's on him. So who knows? But I will say, here goes some stats for you, just to give you an idea of where we're at as a team. The Sharks are averaging 2.62 goals per game. That means we're scoring 2.62 on an average. It's all right. Not the best, but at least we're scoring, right? On the flip side, we're, we're allowing 3.33 goals against. <laughs> so we're giving up more than we're actually averaging in the making. The other key factor here is that our power play is fucking trash. A power play, for those of you who don't know, is when there's a penalty on the other team, one of them goes into the penalty box for a certain amount of minutes. That means you get to keep all five players on the ice, and they only get to keep four. When we have the advantage of a five on four, we are only 14.9% effective. We are 27th out of 31 teams when it comes to the power play. How the fuck do you suck that much when you have all this offensive firepower? You have Brent Burns, you got fucking Vander Kane, you have Eric Carlson, you have Timo Meyer, you have Tomas Hurdle, Joe Thornton, Patrick Marlowe. Who else is out there? You got fucking the other Carlson, Shimek. You got all these fucking guys, and you're out there, and you're 27th. Then it gets even fucking weirder because now you're at, you look at the penalty kill and the penalty kills whenever we commit a penalty, most likely Evander Kane's punk ass in the box. And we're 88% effective. We're the number one penalty killing team in the league. 88%. That means we do better with four players than we do with five. What the fuck? How the fuck do you, how, how do you, <laughs> who's, who's better when they're at a disadvantage, right? I guess they work better under pressure, I guess you can say. But if that's the case, then let's just put Evander Kane out there in the fucking box and start the game every game. Just keep him in there because he's obviously not doing anything for us. 
And let's just play four on four or four on five all the fucking time. And we'll just fucking win. Watch us go on a win streak if we go four and five permanently. We'll fucking destroy everybody. <laughs> this weekend was interesting for Sharks Hockey. So we, we won on Saturday. We played the Blue Jackets and we won three to two. Awesome, awesome, good struggle fight team. And that's a good team because it's an up-and-coming team because they're young. they got a lot of speed. And, uh, you know, the Sharks are pretty old. Um, but then Sunday's game was fucking pathetic. The Sharks came out and they slapped the fucking Washington Capitals in the mouth. We're up 4-2 with a minute left in the third. And wouldn't you know it, they pull the goalie and they give up two fucking goals in one minute to tie the game. Then it gets better and they give up the overtime losing goal. Jesus fucking Christ, bro. What is it going to fucking take to close out a game? You're up 4-2, to two, bro. 4-2. to two. And you let in two within a minute. You're looking like the fucking Vegas Knights out there. I don't know. It's, it's pretty pathetic that we're the way we're playing right now. And honestly, we just got to kind of get it. Uh, sorry. Give me a second here, guys. Fucking landscapers outside my door here. Leaf blowing. Every time I see these guys, I think of that episode of Spongebob where, uh, you know, he's playing with the leaf blower, like one of the very first, first episodes. <laughs> Fucking Spongebob. Can you believe that, that show's been on for, like, ever? As long as I can remember. Um, but, yeah, I, I just I just don't know what it's going to take for the Sharks. You know, you got um, Logan Couture is the only Shark who's been nominated to the All-Star Game. And I honestly feel like he needs to sit that out. I know there's fines and shit that you get for not going. But he needs to sit out and get the team together. They need to go do some team building exercises or some shit. They need to go ropes course or something, dude. Because they're not doing it and we need them to do it. I have confidence that we can turn this around. We're not that far off. Again, six points, right? Is that what I said? Let me pull this up for you here. Six points out of third. And it's only Vancouver. We can do that. We can fucking do that. And even then, Vegas isn't doing that well this year. They're not dominating the league. Look at this shit. 24 wins. They're not doing that great. They got six overtime losses. And we know we can beat them in the long run. So, it's... We can do it. We just got to get our head out of our asses. And who knows Who knows what it's going to take to do that. But, uh, hopefully we get it around. If not... You know, let's have a reason to fucking suck here, guys. Let's trim our fat in the offseason. Get rid of some of this fucking high-dollar shit. Get rid of some people that are too old. Unfortunately, I feel bad for Joe Thornton. He's come back one more year thinking we had a good run, and we're giving him this shit season. I feel really bad for him. But let's have a legitimate reason to suck. Let's go down to our minor league team, the Barracuda, and let's bring up all those guys. So this way, if we suck, well, it's because they got a team full of rookies. Let's have a legitimate fucking reason and let them get their legs going. Let them learn, and they'll eventually start molding into the players that they need to be. And then we'll have a team full of young-ass players who are just as fast as the rest of the league. And then we'll eventually be caught up. I don't know. It's just, this is just me thinking, right? I just, I, in all reality, I just have to prepare myself for the fucking dark ages that are coming because the Sharks are going to fall from grace here. We'll bounce back, but we're going to fall from grace and it's going to take us a while to figure ourselves out. So, uh, yeah, unfortunately, it's going to hurt. 
but it'll eventually come around. Uh, so yeah, so that's that's my take on the sharks, and it's my beef. I gotta get to a game this year. Maybe that maybe that's what's going on. I just gotta go to a game. I'm very superstitious when it comes to this shit. So maybe I just gotta get to a game. I'll probably go to one later on this year. I want to get a cool giveaway this year. So yeah, um, let's move on to the next subject here. All right, so enough about the sports. Uh, let's get into. I don't like calling them New Year's resolutions because they're. I'm not looking to change. <laughs> Looking to change myself. I'm looking to just kind of uh, get back to some things that I was doing before. And there are a few things I just want to Im- improve on, but they're not really about myself, right? So, uh, first thing I want to improve on is I, I'm on a bit of a, of a sabbatical from the game of golf. And that's just because we've been super busy. The twins are still little, you know, so they're, they're pretty demanding on our time. And Overall, me and Denise don't like to leave our responsibility of three kids to to somebody else, right? We don't like leaving our burden on somebody else because three kids is a lot to deal with, especially two of them being babies. Um, it's it's pretty stressful just <laughs> for us. You can only imagine somebody whose kids these aren't, right? So, um, but hopefully this year, as the boys are getting a little bit bigger, they're kind of settling in their ways. Um, uh, we'll be able to sneak out on the golf course a little bit more. It's not necessarily golf for me. For me, uh, personally, I'm looking to get back into golf just because um, it's my time with Mateo. Uh, he hasn't been out there in a while. I know he really likes going out there. It's it, He gets to see new courses. He likes being out there, especially like we go up to Crystal Springs and you see the turkeys and the deers. I mean, we got within like five feet of a deer last time and he lost his shit. Um, so he's... He just likes being out there, and you know, it, and I, I want him to continue to develop in the game. I want him to develop those uh, characteristics that come from the game. Uh, there's uh, a lot of maturity and uh, development and respect, and just good character building skills that come from the game of golf. And I want him to have those super young um, because it's just something it's good to have. Um, so golf, I want to get in ten rounds of golf this year. Um, pretty reasonable. Sounds like a lot, but it's, I, I, I average like 15 to 18 rounds a year when I only had Mateo because we would just roll out of bed and pick up our shit and go. Now it's going to be a little bit tougher because we've got, you know, Lucas and Gabe around, but, um, uh, 10 is a decent decrease, but it's still an achievable goal. So I look forward to being able to get out there at least with him and, and take down 10 rounds this year. Um, I know he misses the golf course hot dogs at Poplar and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, my goal is just get back out there, get myself uh, back into the groove. I do also want to play for myself when it comes to golf. I want to get in one tournament this year, which will require a little bit more focus and practice and training. So um, I, I, I've never been one to practice or go to the range because I felt like it's just 16 bucks. I go to the range, I hit a ball, I can't really get real distances or ball response or how it's feeling, right? I figure 16 bucks, I go play Mariner's Point, which is a nine-hole practice course, and I'm getting more real experience feedback, right? Am I How straight am I hitting this? Is the ball sticking? Is it rolling? Is my putting on point? Am I putting it all together in a package? That, I feel, is more practice for me. So maybe I just need to spend a little bit more time at Mariner's dialing in the basics. But um, I definitely want to make sure that I'm game ready to be able to get into a tournament. So um, that's one. Um, 
I also want to get Mateo fishing. Um, I've taken him fishing before. So a little honey hole. I'm almost guaranteed to catch something every time I've gone there. Uh, but that time we went, uh, it was super windy. The water levels were lower than they were supposed to be. So conditions weren't ideal. We didn't end up catching anything. He still had a lot of fun. You know, he was just casting his little weight into the water and reeling it in, just learning the basics of how to use a rod and reel. He's chasing ducks and stuff like that. We saw a bunch of baby geese and baby ducks. So he had a blast. Um, but I want to get him to actually catch a fish because, you know, that, that end result is what hooks you, right? You pushing, you making a, a hole-in-one is what's going to keep you hooked in golf. You landing a fish is what keeps you hooked in fishing. Uh, so I'm trying to get him more outdoors um, this year as well. So uh, maybe jump on a charter. I have been on a charter here in the Bay a few times. I go salmon and striver fishing. I've been successful each time I've gone out there. I just got to hit him up because it's about $150 for a half day. Uh, I'm just not trying to pay $150 for him. So I'm wondering if there's like a half rate or something I can pay because he's a kid. I'll be glad to take him out there. I just got to get him up at like four in the morning, which shouldn't be a problem. <laughs> he's just going to, uh, and I'm sure if I tell him it's for a good reason, he'll he'll be all about it. But that's the goal. Get him, get him to land a fish this year. Uh, besides that, um, I, I kind of want to get into some crafts. Um, I've been watching a lot of this guy on YouTube. His name is, uh, uh, or his channel is called I Make the, I Make Stuff. Uh, I think that's what his name is. Um, and, he, and he has this massive workshop, and he just makes a lot of things. Uh, R2-D2, he's made a full-size replica R2-D2. Metal, working, talking, rolling, all, all that shit. He's a big Star Wars geek, which is how I ended up coming across him. Uh, he's made a lightsaber, like a 3D printed, lights and everything. He's made secret closets in his house. He's done all sorts of shit. The last project I saw was was a katana, which is cool. He was remodeling his house, took the floorboards and just made a wooden katana out of it. Uh, but those kind of things lead you into this time versus value of buying it, right? Uh, I looked up a katana and I found one for 10 bucks. Super nice one, 10 bucks. Where to build one, I have to go find this wood. I got to buy some saw adapters for my drill. I got to get some sandpaper, some stains, and shit like that. And I'm already way past $10 just on the wood alone, right? So it may be one of those things I just feel I can build. Same thing with like a lightsaber, right? I wish I had a 3D printer, but um, that's also pretty expensive. So, um, But yeah, something like that. I think the biggest thing to like a project I'm going to get into is finishing up my studio. I decided to convert my upstairs bathroom. I have two bathrooms in my apartment. The upstairs bathroom is going to become uh, the studio. So a podcast will be recorded in there. Um, I'm just going to hang up some uh, noise-canceling foam in there. Um, You know, I'll have the toilet and the sink in there. Hopefully knock down some of the echoes that come off of that. And then we'll be able to just uh, set up a little table. Got all the outlets and things in there, run a fan, this way it doesn't get too hot and stuffy. Uh, but the office is literally becoming an office. <laughs> so uh, that'll be interesting. That'll probably be the only project. It's more realistic project, something I can actually use. So that'll be uh, probably the thing I start sooner than later too. So um, along with that... Um, the last thing is I, I want to get more date nights in with my wife. This year, uh, or 2019, was pretty time-consuming and hectic for us. 
uh, with the twins being born. And, you know, that was in May, but everything leading up to May, just preparing ourselves and getting everything ready for them. We didn't get a whole lot of time to ourselves. Um, so getting time for Mateo, um, with golfing and fishing, uh, you know, because I feel like sometimes he may feel a little left out because we're so focused on the twins, but more on me and my wife actually having time to, to ourselves, um, that parent father, oh. <laughs> and that little noise you just heard is uh, Gabe. I got a special guest Gabe here with me. He woke up from his nap. Um, so I'm on daddy detail today. So he's actually being pretty good. Say what's up, buddy. Say what's up. He's trying to grab the mic. Um, but yeah, more, uh, more more date time for me and my wife. Um, you know, there are things that we used to do a lot that we haven't done in a while. Mainly just like, a, you know, even golf. She used to come and just kind of drive around the golf cart for me, and she would just be my caddy, essentially. And that was a lot of our time spending time together. Uh, I wouldn't mind having a round or two with her. Um, getting her to play golf again. She used to play right before we got pregnant. She was getting back into it, and I actually just got her a brand-new set, brand-new clubs, everything, and then she went back into the, the disabled list again, right? So hopefully she'll be able to get back in the swing of things, get her back out to Mariner's Point, and we can all start golfing as a family, which would be super awesome because uh, Mateo hasn't seen her play, and she hasn't seen Mateo play, so it would be pretty nice to get those two out on the course together. Uh, but really just... Simple things, man. Like, if me and my wife can just go watch a movie, um, go have lunch, go have dinner, um, we, we don't need to get away for the weekend. We actually don't like being that far away from the boys because we kind of feel we've forgotten something because <laughs> they're always with us. So, um, you know, to actually be able to sit here and just go have a bite to eat or just to be able to go get some drinks with some friends or Anything along those lines would be great. Anything just to get a, uh, get a little bit of a break from the kids, keep our sanity, um, and, you know, keep ourselves um, caught up with each other and not get us uh, too burnt out. Uh, because not that we have any, we have been burnt out or anything like that, but if anybody has kids at all, you know, it's pretty, pretty taxing. So it's um, something I just want to make sure we get back to, definitely. Um, and that, yeah, that's about it. Those are pretty much my my goals uh, for this year, kind of getting back to the basics there. So let's go over uh, some of the movies I'm looking forward to coming out this year. All right, so upcoming movies for the year 2020. There's a lot more than I thought was actually coming out. Uh, a few of my picks for this year. Some, some of these I, I didn't know they were coming out. Um... So I'm a little surprised by them. Some of them I knew were coming out, and then some of them I'm just, they're just must-watches for me. So uh, first up, we got uh, Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation of Harley Quinn. So I'm assuming this is going to be a spinoff of what the uh, Suicide Squad, a little bit more in-depth story of Harley Quinn herself. Should be interesting to see. Those are always interesting movies. Uh, one of my have to go sees is no time to die the new 007 that is going to be the shit i thought the series was over with specter uh, i thought that was done data but uh they are definitely launching it to the next level um by adding one more and i think this may be the final one in this series um with uh daniel craig who by the way in my opinion is probably the best james bond that there has ever been so 
Bad boys for life. Uh, we're kind of kind of beating a dead horse here. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they're still going to be pretty funny. I mean, Martin Lawrence, Will Smith, that they, they're comedy together. So, uh, but how much more storyline can you run with these guys as being cops, right? Um, so. That's coming out. Should be interesting to watch. Should be really funny. I, I just don't know uh, how many more of these they're going to make. Should probably end with this one. I don't expect to see another one any time after this as well. You have uh, Marvel coming out with Black Widow, which is a spinoff of the Avengers. Finally, she gets her own little uh, movie. Should be an interesting one as well. It looks pretty good in the trailer that I saw. So, um, may go see that. I'm not really big on Marvel, um, but this one does look pretty, pretty cool. Next up, you have uh, Disney's Mulan. Now, this is the live-action Mulan. This actually looks really good. I saw an extended version of the trailer at the movies the other day, and it it looks legit. So I'm not big on seeing these uh, live-action Disney's, but this one of all of them actually looks the best, so I may actually just uh, go check that one out. A big surprise to me, and I'm really surprised, and I'm actually kind of disappointed that they're still fucking around with these movies, Fast and the Furious 9. Like, dude, we're on nine. How much Fast and the Furious can you fucking possibly do? I haven't sit, sat down and I couldn't tell you the details of a movie since Tokyo Drift. And that was like the third one. Like, I, 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 I did see the one where it was Paul Walker's last one, right? Where they do a little splitting of the freeways and they go their own way. Um... I saw that, but I couldn't tell you the storyline or anything like that because that's just, it just, they aren't those movies that stick with me. I only saw it because it was like Paul Ward's last one. I want to see how how they honored him in that movie, right? Because you're always curious. Similar to Star Wars, how do they how do they have uh, Carrie Fisher, you know, as Leia now that she's passed away? Um, but come on, guys. Uh, let's make this the final one, please. Another one that's interesting is Godzilla vs. Kong. Now, I'm not a super big Godzilla fan, and I'm not really a super big King Kong fan, but Godzilla and Kong is just like a classic matchup. They're probably going to throw some crazy CGI shit into this movie, so that looks like it might be an interesting one. Keep an eye out for that one. Venom 2. So I didn't see the first one. I heard it was really, really good. I'm actually going to probably go buy that DVD this week because I wanted it on Black Friday, but I couldn't find it. Um... And I'm, I'm just a big fan of Venom, the character itself, like this dark asshole character, right? I'm not really big on Spider-Man, this series or anything like that, but that particular character, I just like this costume. I like how he's just like, he can come and go as he, as he wishes. He can be a normal guy and he can switch into it whenever he wants. And so for them to make a second one, definitely means the first one was pretty good. So um, looking forward to that one. Next, we got a couple kids movies. We got Trolls. World Tour. That looks pretty good. Uh, uh, <laughs> the first time I tried to take Mateo to the movies, I was to see the first Trolls, and he was just not about it. The minute we walked in, there was just way too dark for him. Uh, it was way too loud for him. So bought tickets and all this popcorn and stuff for, for nothing. We just ended up leaving 10 minutes into it because he was just not about it. So uh, we ended up getting on DVD, and he ended up loving that movie, actually. So now that he is used to the movies, we'll probably take him to go see Trolls World Tour because uh, this would be a pretty good um, follow-up to that. Um, secondly, now, Despicable Me slash Minions franchise, it's getting a little old as well. 
I will say you have three Despicable Me's. Now we're going to Minions 2. This is Minions The Rise of Gru. So if you remember the uh, the, the first Minions movie, I don't know if any of you guys saw it. Uh, Mateo was obsessed with it, so I've seen it like 50 million times already. Uh, Minions is a story of how they meet Gru. And so I'm assuming that this is from Gru once they decide to pair up with him at the end of the movie to Gru when he's starting Despicable Me, right? So um, that should be pretty interesting. The Minions are always great. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there are a lot of that, uh, you know, silent movie humor. <laughs> that one looks great. And then uh, the other big one for me is uh, Indiana Jones and the Sanctuary of the Black Order. I'm oh, sorry. This Gabe's throwing his little chew toy keys around here. Um, Indiana Jones movies are always great. Disney is uh, probably going to do a really, really good job with this one here. So um, I look forward to seeing that one come out as well. Should be pretty nice um, uh, return for Indiana Jones. The only other movie that's coming up here for me is 1917, and uh, it's a World War One. It's an English World War One, similar to Dunkirk, right? Um, uh, pretty much, this guy's got to go on a mission to warn a battalion that their plan has been compromised, and the Germans are setting up a trap for them. So they're not just going to let them execute their plan and then just slaughter them. Uh, but to kind of build fire on the guy's urgency, they're like, you, the plan is in two days. Go tell them. You got to cross enemy lines to tell them. And, oh, yeah, by the way, your brother's in that division. So if you don't get there, your your brother's going to get fucking murked. <laughs> so this guy goes on a never-ending journey uh, to get himself uh, to his brother to warn them. So looks pretty good. Uh, I'm not very big on World War One. I'm a super big history buff on World War Two. Yes, buddy, yes. Um and I love all about that. I watch a lot of documentaries on that. So another goal of mine this year was actually to kind of expand into uh, World War One and kind of deep dive into that as well. So I can be well-rounded as to one and two and kind of the, the things that led into both of them. So, so those are the movies for me uh, that I'm looking to keep an eye out for 2020. Again, hit that link up on the website and you'll be able to reach out to me with any other movies that you may know of or heard of that are going to be interesting for this year. And I'll, I'll do some research on those and get back to you on that as well. All right, everybody. Well, that uh, about wraps it up for me today. Uh, I have Gabe here with me. You want to say bye-bye? Say bye-bye. Da, 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 da. Ah, ah. <laughs> I guess he doesn't want to say anything now. He was just babbling, but um yeah that's about it for me i appreciate you guys tuning in uh hope this sounds a lot better i, I finally have a microphone i'm actually recording this my first episode on a real legitimate microphone uh i should be getting my second microphone this weekend so i have all of my friends lined up they're all ready to get out here and get on this show so it'll be a lot more laughs and a lot more uh, interesting perspectives coming to you here in a few uh weeks shortly so thank you for bearing with me if there's anything else you guys would like to know from me, anything else you guys want to share with me, please uh, hit up that link on the Anchor website where the podcast is hosted, and I will get back to you as soon as I can. Thank you for tuning in. As always, may the force be with you all, and I will catch you later. Peace out. Oh, there he goes. Say bye-bye. Say bye-bye. <laughs> Peace out, y'all. Have a good one.